Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. Hey, Watermark Church, happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the Watermark family room. We're here to celebrate the amazing moms in our lives, but also the spiritual moms that help us every day in the church. Yeah, I'm so excited for this holiday because I'm so thankful for the women in my life, from my sister to my mom, my mom-in-law, and of course, my wife. Um, man, I'm just so thankful that God created women for many, many reasons, but they're just so different from me. And I'm so glad for the ways that God has used Riley, uh, to cover me and my differences in raising kids. And so, I, you know, we're expecting our first child, by the way. So it's exciting <laughs> times. If you guys have any tips or cues about what to do for expectant parents, please let us know. And I'll take some notes for that. But yeah, I'm so excited to celebrate Mamas today. Yeah, and that goes with a series that we're in in the book of Acts right now. It's called Lighten Up. Right. And how do people lighten up our lives with fun and joy, laughter, uh, love, well, moms have that special call to lighten up a family's life. And uh, we just appreciate you gals so much that you joined us here today and all that you mean to us. As a matter of fact, one of the things that we do as a tradition in our family that's kind of passed down onto Ben and Riley's family now is affirmations. Every special holiday or birthday, we get around the table, we have a great meal, and then we go around and affirm a special person in our life. And today it's Mother's Day, so the moms get affirmed. And uh, so we'll do that just to kind of give it as an example for you, because we hope you'll affirm your mom today. Get on a Zoom call, call her up on the phone, give her a text, a card, and, and affirm the mom in your life that you really appreciate. Yeah, or the, or the women in your life, yeah. whoever they may be, maybe they're church community members, and you know that their kids uh, are grown and gone, uh, or maybe they just don't have kids in their life, but they're a woman from the church that you know, send them a text message. It could completely make their day during what can be a challenging holiday for people. Bless them with a surprising kind of word of affirmation. Yeah. Affirmations is a great tradition. I love it. Yeah. Natural moms, spiritual moms, the women in your life. It's a great time to affirm. And I have this great woman right next to me, Kathleen, and I want to do a generational affirmation. I'm going to go generations. I'm going to go all the way back to my grandmother, Dolores Gerlach. Then to my mother, George Ann Dennis, now to Kathleen Dennis, on to the grandchildren, it's gamesmanship. Kathleen is a gamer. She's like the fun factor in our family. She loves to gather people around the table, play cards. And one of the things that she learned from my mom through her grandmother was how to play dominoes. My grandmother loved dominoes. We play it with my mom. Now we're teaching it to our grandchildren. And that's because of Gramushka. That's her, that's her name, Gramushka. Her grandmother name, designer name, but she's teaching her grandchildren around the table, some of their kids, how to play dominoes. And it's so much lightness and laughter and fun. Games are great. And so thanks, Kathleen, for being so fun. What a gamer you are. Thank you. <laughs> I can attest to that fact that yeah. not always when the kids go over to her house, are they watching television? No, they actually play games that are highly <laughs> relational. Mm -hmm. It's a gifting way to go. They only get television when it's on my watch. <laughs> yeah, Papa, Papa can't hack That's it like, a, like a mom is in our lives. <laughs> I want to bless my wife um, this holiday in this season. We have had such a heck of a time. And just to be really candid with you guys, whoever's listening and watching, uh, toughest one of the toughest seasons of our whole life. You know, we've been expecting a baby for some months now. We're moving into our home that was getting some work done. And then on top of it all, God had pandemic for us. So a lot of you guys maybe can relate to that and whatever your respective trial has been during the season. But 
Uh, the thing, the specific thing, there's so many from endurance to uh, adversity, to courage, to stillness, softness. But the one word that really rises to the top is excellence. You do not settle. You will not uh, water down an ask or a project, whether it's an expectation on me or the kids or the house or our, our kind of family mission. Uh, you won't settle. You won't, you won't, you won't um, compromise. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it the other day in this most simple illustration of hanging a frame in a wall. Uh, your boy cannot hang pictures. I can't do it. I, I am just now, after many years, learning what a drywall anchor is. And anyways, there's a hole there in the wall and I'm covering the hole up instead with the frame. And she's like, no, why don't you just fill the hole? Because we need to do it right. I don't have that. You do. And thank God that he put you in my life to cover my deficiencies in the way that you have a good expectation and you follow through the way things should be done. God bless you. I love you. I love you too. Wow, that's a great affirmation right there. Hopefully, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Good job. I, I taught him well, right? <laughs> well, hopefully you get a chance to do that with the women in your life that are special, that you love and you want to celebrate today. And that's kind of what we're doing in this series, Lighten Up through the Book of Acts. You know, we always talk about the spiritual father, fathers in the church, Peter, John, you know, the apostle Paul. But what about the spiritual mothers? What about the spiritual mothers, not just the spiritual fathers, but the spiritual mothers that helped the early church flourish and grow? This morning, we're going to look at the book of Acts, and we've chosen four great spiritual women, spiritual mothers in the early church to affirm their character qualities, the way they allowed the church to lighten up, to flourish, because they were, they were fun. They were full of life and laughter and hope and compassion and mercy and incredible teaching gifts, and they lightened up the early church in such a powerful way. And so we want, to, we want to affirm them, but there, there's those spiritual moms living at Watermark today. We have some of those living spiritual mothers just doing great work in our church, and we want to bless them as well this morning. They inspire us every day at our church. That's right. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. And the first person that I chose comes right out of the book of Acts, and that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Acts chapter 1. If you remember the story of Mary at the end of the Gospels, specifically the Gospel of John, Mary was at the foot of the cross, she saw her, her boy, Jesus, you know, this incredible teacher, this man who grew up to become the Messiah of Israel, the hope. She saw him crucified and died, a terrible, tragic death. And right there at the foot of the cross, Jesus speaks to his mother and to one of his best friends, John, who becomes the Apostle John. And he says, before he gives his last breath, breath mother, here's, here's your son now. And son, now here's your mother. What he's actually saying is, John, take care of my mom. And it says that at, after that time, Mary moved in and lived with John. He, he just took her into the household. And so Mary goes through this very difficult death, tragedy. And then three days later, Jesus rises from the dead and starts appearing to all the apostles. I'm sure Mary's a part of these, these resurrection appearances. There's seven of them in the Gospels. But then in the book of Acts, we see Jesus giving the commission to all of his apostles to go and be witnesses to the world and then Acts chapter one, he ascends to the Father, and all of a sudden you have the early church gathering, waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ben talked about that in the first message of our series, Lighten Up. And as they're waiting, they're gathering in prayer, and in Acts chapter one, uh, verse 14, Mary is right there gathering with them and praying. It says, they all joined together, all the apostles, constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was with them and, her brothers too, and his brothers too. And you know what I see in Mary is not only this great picture of faith, but also I think Mary's grieving. 
I think there's a loss that's happened. Even though there's this great hope of the resurrection, her, her, her boy has died and he's risen from the dead, but he's ascended to the Father. And in a sense, Mary has lost an earthly son, but she's gained a Lord and Savior, you know, to the right hand of the Father. And that's an incredible thing of hope. And yet there's a loss there. Mary can't gather with her son and have a meal around the table anymore. She can't have a, 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 a mother-son conversation with Jesus like we see in the Gospels. She cannot hug him. She cannot hold him. She cannot thank him for what he's meant to her. He's ascended, and so there's a sense of loss there. So what I see in Mary is she's somebody faithfully praying, and she's grieving with hope. She has great hope. She's going to see her son again, but yet he's not there right in her presence. And you know, that inspires me because there's so many women that I see at Watermark Church who grieve with hope. And they're an example because Mother's Day, as you said, Ben, can be a really hard time for women. There's women that want to be moms and yet they've lost the sense that they, they can't have babies. They're barren. And so they're grieving today. There's moms that have had children that they've lost and they're grieving that loss. Even Kathleen, our son, baby Bucky, she's a woman that grieves with hope. And so there's moms today where Mother's Day isn't a very great day. Maybe you had a bad relationship with your mom, so you're grieving that loss of relationship. And so today's not just a day for celebration, it's a day for grief, but there's incredible hope because of what Jesus did and who he is and what he's doing today in the church. And you know, there's a person that I just want to affirm that Ben and I know so well. Her name is Sherry Eklund. She's on our staff. And two months ago, she tragically lost her son in a terrible accident. And he was taken from him. He's, a, he's an adult, a beautiful boy, a man who was pursuing his career and going through difficulties and challenges. But yet he was taken in a tragedy. And I have seen Sherry just grieve so real and so authentic in the church. And, and, and yet her grief, as real as it is, her hope is just as strong. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with her this week and, and we prayed together. And she just talked about, Bucky, is the pain, is, is it ever going to go away? And I was able to pray with her and just just encourage her that, yes, these waves of grief come and this pain is real. And yet Jesus is right there with you. He's suffering with you. And we have this tremendous hope that because your your boy, your son knew Jesus, he's in heaven today and you're going to see him again. And so she's going back and forth, grieving and yet holding on to hope, aching arms and yes, lifting her arms in worship here, you know, gathering with the community of faith, praying. And so I just want to affirm Sherry and all the women that are suffering here today and just thank you for your holding on to hope in the most difficult season of life, grieving with hope. What an incredible inspiration for the women of our church. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a good word about Sherry. Um, This morning I get to share about Dorcas and um, she was... Should we consider that name for our next born? (laughs) I don't think so. That's a great name. It's a great name, Dorcas. (laughs) It's classic. It's got a timeless feature. You can call her Dork for short. Oh, that's so cool. How did you think of that? That's so good. You're good. Thank God we brought you along today. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, please stop interrupting. (laughs) Um, Dorcas is an amazing, compassionate servant in the Bible and... um, in the book of Acts, which we're talking about, uh, the gospel had just started to spread from Jerusalem and into a city called Joppa. And there was this disciple named Dorcas or Tabitha. And she had an incredible ministry to the poor and the widows specifically of the area. And she was a person um, most likely of some kind of means who used her resources 
to bless uh, those widows around her. And so I just wanted to read Acts 9, 36 through 43. Now, there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and, and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord, and he stayed in Joppa for many days. And this story um, reminds me of an amazing woman at uh, Watermark, who also is a mother, um, named Joanne Brown. And Joanne manages the homeless ministry for Watermark, and she organizes dozens of volunteers she tirelessly shops for groceries. Yeah. She is an advocate for their needs and she provides clothing, which relates specifically to Dorcas and um, socks and just other items that they need. And both of these women really encourage me specifically as a young mom. Um, I think in this time, it's so easy to uh, feel weary especially with all the playgrounds being closed mm -hmm. and all the new school assignments that we need to work on and all the new demands that are on um, young mothers' lives. These women uh, encourage me to continue to strive to be a compassionate service even during these challenging times. Um, Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And um, yeah, I think Ben just shared a bit about what we've been walking through. But I think as a mother right now, I'm weary of being pregnant. I just can't <laughs> wait for this baby to come. Um, I think the increased toddler tantrums of having to stay indoors. Um, and yeah, all the change that we've been incurring and um, experiencing has just, it's been a weary season. And so whatever, whether you're a mother or not, I think we all are in a season that can feel very weary. Yeah. And so um, my uh, striving and goal is to not give up in doing good in the season, to continue to uh, seek discipline for my children, consistency, patience, and love, changing diapers with joy, oh um, <laughs> continuing yeah. to not uh, get discouraged and uh try to continue to serve my family um, with joy during this time. Um, and then God says, we will reap a harvest. In Proverbs 31, 28, it says, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And so this is just my goal. Like, may this um, be the harvest that we all reap. May it be the harvest that we seek after. May we draw courage from women like Dorcas and Axe and 
Joanne Brown from our church and all the other examples of amazing mothers and compassionate servants here at Watermark and not grow weary doing good um, in this time. Wow, that's inspiring. Yeah, and Riley, I, I mean, as grandparents, you know, we only get them maybe once a week and for a couple of hours, and you have them all the time, and you do just this huge labor that I can understand how wearing that is. But I just want to affirm you that harvest, we're already seeing it. When those little ones come over to our house, they're so, they're so amazing. Their spiritual hearts are already open to God. And the things that come out of their mouth sometimes just astound me. And I know that comes from the legacy of faith and what they're observing and seeing. And some of the things they say about God, they observe, and even the compassion that they show to the brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of little Effie, who's like a little mother walking yeah. around. I'm thinking of Eve, Levi's theological mind. It's beautiful to see. So that harvest is already starting to come. So stay in, stay the course. You're doing a great work, guys. That's good. I totally affirm that. It is a particular gifting of yours, compassion. It was one of the things that I saw. I probably shared this a year ago, Mother's Day, that, that, that what drew me to you was your heart, mm-hmm. um, not just the outside packaging, which was amazing enough, but your heart on the inside, which was a bleeding heart. Was a, that's, that was the old term, is that you have a bleeding heart, meaning to serve others, give up your life to serve others. And that's what made me come alive. That's what made me realize my calling to ministry. But for those who don't maybe have that, that wiring particularly, I would just say, um, let us uh, bless you and honor you women, and even maybe recommission you, if that's not your particular bias is towards sensitivity or compassion or, or mercy giftings, you know, those aren't particular giftings to you. Um, take hope, take courage in the fact that you still have it in spades way more than any of a lot of the men can offer in the house or in your community or in this, even in the church. And I think that's the beauty of what Jesus does and the sovereignty of God by putting so many women in the New Testament story mm-hmm. and in the New Testament church, the Acts church, there's women everywhere. I'm watching this chosen video series right now, which chronicles the life of Jesus. And they, according to the scholars that they use for that show, they imagine that Mary was one of the disciples that walked with them. This is Mary Magdalene, of course, mm-hmm. who was one of the 12. Or, right. And you know, there may be other theories on that, but um, I could see a huge argument why Jesus includes a woman who thinks so differently and is riddled with this natri- nat- natural, excuse me, natural compassion, even if it's not a particular gifting compassion. So. I bless you with that. And I just bless any of the women watching. Our biggest judge, you guys, moms. I'll talk to you, moms of young families for a second because that's what Riley's doing. I just want to echo that because it's so important for this, this holiday and this particular season we find ourselves in. Your inner judge, which is really the enemy, would like to tear you down and rob you of the good work that you're doing and rob you of the harvest that Bucky's talking about. And I just want you to know that God sees the good acts and works. And he sees your weariness Amen. and he's bearing with you. He's taking, like Bucky always likes to talk about, he's, he's putting that yoke around his shoulder. He's coming alongside you. Mm-hmm. And so the work you're doing is so powerful. And the seeds, as much as it might just be a mustard seed faith grain that you're depositing for your kids, is so powerful and it will shape the future generations of kids. So young moms out there, we love you, we bless you. You are filled with compassion and it's doing a mighty, mighty work. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I love a pastor that cries. Isn't Come that on, awesome? man. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I'm not crying. It's just allergies. <laughs> My turn? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who you got? Who you got? Okay, I have Lydia. One of the great women in the book of Acts that I admire is Lydia. She was a businesswoman who worked in the clothing industry. She actually becomes one of Paul's first Christian converts in the city of Philippi. We find her story in Acts chapter 16, 12 through 15. 
From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Tyratira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Mm. So Lydia was a God-fearing woman who met the Apostle Paul at a place of prayer. She heard the gospel and responded. And then she and all of her household were baptized. Immediately, she begins to use her time, talents, and treasures to serve the mission of the gospel. She opens up her home and invites Paul to stay with her. She cooks for him and supports his ministry. I'm sure that her house became a key meeting place for the Philippian church. Mm. So Lydia reminds me of so many women here at Watermark <laughs> that use their various gifts to serve and bless others. Since it's Mother's Day, I would like to first affirm my mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're doing great. You're, You're doing, doing great. <laughs> my mother-in-law, Georgianne, who is a very gifted designer and seamstress. She has used these gifts to bless our entire family as well as her friends. By mending our clothes, decorating our homes for the holidays, and is currently helping both Riley and myself to design our new homes. She is a much needed, appreciated, mm -hmm. and loved treasure to our family. Amen, love you, Mom. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> also, we are so blessed to have women like Nancy Fitchner and her mm -hmm. whole decor team that work tirelessly to make this church look so beautiful for the different seasons throughout yeah, the year. Amazing. So we thank you for your... Um, this very room that we're in has been created. Yeah, very oh, room yeah. that we're in. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I know. They're yeah. great. Beautiful. So uh, Lydia also reminds me of the women in our church that open up their homes for women events, small groups. I especially think of Judith Mayer, mm -hmm. Carol Gardner, and Michelle Fulmer. Mm -hmm. These women are so influential, influential generous, and well-respected women in this church who continually use their gifts and talents to bless so many of the women here in our church family. They're so also just rich in their knowledge of God's word, and they're such a mentor to young moms. I mean, they, we are so, we have so many women in this church that are so gifted. We are so blessed. And I love this, the fact that we are a small church, that we all really get to know one another and experience you know, arm by arm, um, mm -hmm. our gifts yeah. and, and be able to utilize them. And, uh, so we need you women out there yeah. and we love you and appreciate all that you give all your time and, um, keep up the good work. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Amen. <laughs> you know, since we got a good generational thing rolling here and you're talking about your mom-in-law, um, I want to affirm you mom, um, being an extension of your mom. Um, mm -hmm. 
uh, gosh, I'm gonna like just be completely in pieces on the floor for this deal. I did not see that coming. Okay, we have this Frank Sinatra portrait in our in our garage in our home that was that was passed down from Kathleen's mom, Diane, fondly remembered as Dee Dee, her late mom, Diane, Dee Dee, and. Um, I realized now, I always just thought it was cool because it's Frank and it's signed by Frank Sinatra and anyone who even remotely had a, a, a touch or interaction with Diane will know that she was the Long Beach City talk of the town, businesswoman, self-made businesswoman and socialite. And um, so she had this picture, it's not about the picture. Anyways, the picture's there and I realized, and it's probably valuable and, and, and whenever it's come up, man, she would just get rid of it because it takes it's large, takes up space and someone else might appreciate the art. I've realized this year, as we move back into our house, it has absolute sentimental value to me. Mm -hmm. It is a representation of the spirit of Didi, which you have in you, which is, I even came up with this idea that I think we'll use in our home, which is the Diane, the spirit of Diane Coltrane Award. Uh -huh. The spirit of Diane Coltrane Award, which is the same spirit that's carried on in you, and it, and it continues into our biological family from your line, from your, from your lineage, and it is a spirit of go-getterness, it's a spirit mm -hmm. of hustle, it's a spirit of, of work hard, it's a spirit of grit. And I look at that picture, I just can't, I can't let it go because it's her spirit. And, and oh. even when I was close to her and we had our differences and we lived with her, she let us live in her house for our first year of marriage. Um, man, the more that I think about it, the more I know that spirit lives on in you and in our family. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. So. Thank you, Ben. Thank yeah. you for honoring my mom today. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Dee Dee. We do love Dee Dee. <laughs> beautiful. And I, lo I love the, the beautiful differing, as you talked about, the different gifts that each of us have as leaders, but women in the church, the leadership, uh, the spiritual moms, all different gifts being used in beautiful ways. There's compassion, there's there's mercy and grieving, and yet there's chutzpah, right? There's go-getters, and you need all of them. And and homes need all of them, families need all of them, the church needs all of them. So every, every woman has a beautiful gift that she brings to the table that's so needed. And we see that in Lydia, this businesswoman, this dealer, she knows the world. She's, she's a sales girl, she's out there doing it. And yet she's using these gifts to help Paul flourish. And I just love that. And so yeah. it's a beautiful thing. So every gift is needed. Yep, there's another hard working woman. If you turn with me now to Acts 18, you'll see that in Priscilla. Uh, once again, a prominent fixture in the early church leadership was, was these women, were these ladies. And, we, and, and as much as we can accept that and, and come to grips with that in, here and now in our 21st century paradigm, you gotta understand how radical that would have been for, for this century and for this new community to have such prominently um, centered women. And so Priscilla would, be, would, would not be an exception to that mm -hmm. as well. So if you look at Acts chapter 18, I'm gonna start in verse uh, two and then jump down to the bottom, just their introduction is here. Acts 18, uh, verse two, there he found a Jew, that's Paul, he found a Jew named Aquila, and he's a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to depart from Rome. Paul approached them, and because he worked at the same trade, he stayed with them and worked with them, for they were tent makers by trade. See, these are hard working people. These are people who have a job. You working parents, you stay at home parents who are working two jobs and the stay at home job's a big enough job, but then you have another side hustle over here or something that you do. Look at the ministry. And by the way, the big idea here for Priscilla, what was her gifting? What does she offer us? What, what's instructive for us? That's teaching, teaching, discipleship, formation of our kids, spiritual or biological kids that we get an audience with, that we have influence with. The big idea is teaching. And I would just say, for those of you who are co-working, co-parenting, all of that, they had a lot going on. 
And yet they have this interaction that's so key for us. So you skip down to verse 24. Another character is introduced, Apollos. A Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, arrives in Ephesus. He was an eloquent speaker, well-versed in the scriptures. He was instructed in the way of the Lord, and with great enthusiasm, he spoke and taught accurately the facts about Jesus. Although he knew only the baptism of John, he didn't know about the ministry of Jesus. Uh, He began to speak out fearlessly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. I just, I love that. I Mm. love the grace. I love the the ability to speak truth. This guy's full of passion. He's got enthusiasm in spades, which covers all manner of sins. Someone once said that to me. <laughs> when you hear the word enthusiastic, that might sound familiar for um, me. And uh, But I need help. I need people to graciously come alongside me, give me instruction, coaching, teaching, advice, wisdom. And uh, there's an, enough of a gracious spirit here in this community of people, even for this man to receive tutelage from a woman. Yeah, it's amazing. So there's humility, there's grace involved, but there's also teaching and instruction. And like I said, that's the big thing to take away from this. And I want to speak to you moms uh, for a second and women who are leaders, again, of spiritual or biological kids. And, and I just want to tell you something that my mom did, okay? And I just want to speak to my mom for a second, who, who maybe will be watching this. Uh, the, the, the heritage and the tradition of faith that I have today is a direct result of my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom, who sat on my bedside and prayed over me on nights, average nights, nights when I was sick. My mom, who spoke words of scripture over me as an eight, nine, 10 year old, those are some of my earliest memories. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget going to my mom, asking her questions about the mysteries of, of scripture and what did this mean and what did that mean? And, and she was a student of the Bible. She mm-hmm. had been up to that point in the late 90s, early 2000s to many a Bible study. My parents, my dad was a, was a business founder and, and CEO, still is to this day. And she was in the home. What was she doing? She was doing hardcore formation work in us. She was doing the work of discipleship in us, mm-hmm. the four kids that she led and managed Beautiful. and encouraged in mercy and grace and truth. She knew the scriptures and she put deposits, seeds of faith in me that would eventually lead me to take this job as a pastor. It goes all the way back to my mom. So mom, if you're listening, I love you. I bless you. Thank you for your legacy of faith that continues on now into the leadership and influence in our house. But what's the takeaway for you guys who are parents? Just know that regardless of the Bible knowledge you have, regardless of the church experience that you have, regardless of whether you count yourself as a teacher or not, it was those those nights of hearing one brief verse about Jesus, one prayer at the end of a long, busy day when you're, you're tent making, which is hard, brutal work, and you have your job of watching the rest of the kids or your actual job because you work and you work at home, All that hard work, a few words at night would have been even enough to form your child, your kids, your your spiritual kids, if you're a mentor in our community. Just remember that. You may think it doesn't go a long way. It does. And we see that in Priscilla's life. And we see that evidence in our families as well. Wow, beautiful. What a legacy. What a legacy. When we see these great women in the book of Acts becoming spiritual mothers, passing the baton of faith, and it gets passed down. And we even see in our own family the generational legacy of women being spiritual moms, not only just natural moms, spiritual moms, and passing that through. And we just wanna bless you, uh, you women who are spiritual moms. Uh, what The work that you're doing is powerful, it is generational, it is making a huge difference. And we really wanna 
honor you today. We want to pray over you wherever you're at. Where maybe you're in grief today and you just need that touch of the Holy Spirit that God is with you through your grief. Uh, whether you're struggling <laughs> with kids around you and you're in the trenches like Riley and it's a, it's a, it's a wearisome time, I want to pray the Spirit would put special measure of grace and energy inside of you. Yeah. Or, or whether you realize you have a teaching platform and, and, or you have a ministry out of your business acumen or whatever that might be, and God's using you through the gift of hospitality to bring people to Christ through your home or teaching and discipling other women. Boy, what incredible things you are doing. The church would not be the church without you. And so Ben and I just want to pray a blessing over you, and we're going to have a time of prayer. And whoever wants to pray, join in. I need to thank a couple yeah. women as well, Bucky. I'm sorry, I almost you forgot. I want to thank those teachers in our midst. I want to thank you, Melissa, who's our children's pastor. And she is that. She's a shepherd. Mm -hmm. She's a teacher. She is a pastor to our kids. She's a partner Amen. with you in discipling the next generation. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Melissa. We bless you. Yeah. Especially how hard you've worked during this insane season of being in the house and trying to be homeschool parent and children's pastor. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Michelle, for being a spiritual mother to so many. Michelle Fulmer for blessing people with solid Bible training. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Judith and Erica and the rest of the women's team for giving instruction to our people. It's a huge deal and it's raising up a generation of radical Bible-believing, spirit-led women. And um, of course, who else is a part of that? Turney, Vel. Vel is also part of that team. God bless you, Vel. Thank you for your instruction and, and your boldness and your courage. All the, the women in our leadership group and beyond who are teaching and leading, we appreciate you. Keep going, we're with you. Amen. 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 So we want to extend a hand of blessing yeah. towards you and pray together. I'll start and Ben's going to close us. Father, thanks so much for this day. What a great day to celebrate the spiritual women in our lives, the, the mothers in our church that are both natural mothers and spiritual mothers that are doing such great work. And Lord, I just specifically pray for those moms who have aching hearts this morning that are grieving. There's a loss or a woman who has had a loss. Lord, would you fill them with your grace and mercy and give them the hope that they need and bring people to encourage them today. As today might be a difficult day, lift them up mm. with a hope that only you can bring, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for them. We bless them and we ask that you give them mercy today and watch over all the women of our church that are doing such great work. Fill them with a sense of, of your joy and your love as you're smiling and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Bless the women who serve so much at Watermark today. Yes, Lord, we just thank you so much for the women in our lives, the women in our community, the moms, Lord. It is a distinct and important office to mother a generation, Lord. So we just thank you so much for all of the women, the women on staff, the women on leadership, the women in our community, mm -hmm. the newcomers, uh, every single level, the women in Costa Mesa, Lord, that are just coming yes. to find us online. Uh, we just wanna encourage you, you're not yes. alone. Yes. We are here for you, we are praying for you, and the words of prayer are powerful. They reach all the way up to the heavens. They, are, they, are, they, they reach God's throne room, it says. And so we just uh, ask, Lord, in this moment for an, for an extra filling of your mm -hmm. spirit, Lord. A lot of us are getting emptied out right now in this season. And especially the moms and women are getting emptied out, Lord. They're, they may be prayed up and they may be filled with the spirit to start the day, but they need a, a second, third, fourth, fifth filling of your spirit, which is grace, mercy, love, joy, peace, um, strength, faith for each and every day. So do that over our moms and our women yes. during this season and over our households. We, we thank you, Lord. We, we receive your grace. We receive your spirit in the season. And we praise you. We'll worship you forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, 
or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.